You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Hey y'all, it's Paul with the How to Hunt Turkeys podcast. This is a re-release of the episode that went live just a few days ago. This is the Scott Ellis episode. I had a ton of you guys reach out and say that you couldn't hear Scott when he was calling. The software that I used to, to kind of edit the podcast muted all of that. And I didn't realize that uh, until you guys started emailing me on Instagram and go wild. Uh, so thank you for doing that. So this is, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a fair warning. Some of it gets a little loud. So if you're listening in, in, in your car, in your truck, or you got headphones on and Scott gets ready to, to call on some of those excited calling sequences, it does get a little loud, but man, is it good? It doesn't last too long. You're going to love this episode uh, with, uh, with all of the calling, owl hooting, crow calling, uh, excited hen yelps, everything that Scott did. Freaking amazing. Scott was, was just a masterful, masterful episode. Uh, and, and what a great caller. So thank you. Thank you guys for, for reaching out to me, telling me about the issues with the audio. Really appreciate that. Continue to reach out, subscribe to this podcast, tell your friends about it. Click that plus button, whatever app you're listening to, uh, to the show on. We got some YouTube stuff coming your way. Turkeyseason.com goes live March 4th. That's the kickoff turkey season in this country where I mean, we're just a few days away from turkey season, uh, you know, being able to kill, kill turkeys here in Southern Florida. What a time. What a great time of year. Looking forward to that. So turkeyseason.com goes live. Thanks to our sponsors. Go wild time. Go wild.com. Click, uh, check them out on the Android or Apple app and, and wicked North, wickednorthgear.com. Get those turkey kill kits and those beard hangers coming. You're going to need them after listening to this turkey podcast. Appreciate you guys. Uh, I'll see you again here next week. There's, I think there's a bigger culture that surrounds turkey hunting than there is deer hunting. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if I would agree. Yeah. I've always compared it to turkey hunting. I love to deer hunt, but 
deer hunting to me is so one-dimensional. It's like bowling and golf. Deer hunting is bowling. You've got two lanes, you got 12 pins, and you're trying to knock them down, and you only have a certain lane you can roll with, and that's deer hunting because you can only control your destiny so much with a bowling ball. But when you get on a golf course, you have to chip, you have to putt, you have to have short, you have to have a long game, a mid mid iron game. I'm a golfer. I mean, and it's three dimensional, and that's what I love about turkey and the fact that your you know deer do half of their communication, three quarters of their communication is by scent alone. You know what I mean? Yeah. They do vocalize, but not like turkeys. Not like turkeys. Oh God. No. And yeah, that's why I I've always and been enamored with calling turkeys is because you're communicating in detail if you know how to do it you really can carry on a conversation and you can exploit their emotions and you can heighten their sense of emotion or you can tone them down just by communication. Like with, I'm yelling at you right now, Paul, or I'm like, you know, you're talking to your dog. Hey honey, I love you so much, sweetie. And you do that, yeah. that same inflection you can put in a turkey call. If yeah. you, if you take the time to be better at it, but anyways, we're probably getting some good stuff right here. This bullshit. But. So I was going to say, I'm, I'm going to put that in the show. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to introduce you, but that's going to be the first half of the show. Cause that was great. That was a, that was a great explanation of, of Turkey calling. And I didn't think I didn't even need for it to get that good. That was, that was well done. So, well, so on this episode of the how to hunt Turkey podcast, we got, uh, I got Scott Ellis, uh, just a wonderful, wonderful turkey hunter, wonderful man. Uh, Scott and I have gotten to know each other a little bit over the last year. So, Scott, thanks for your time. This is podcast number two uh, for you and I, man. And uh, I really appreciate your time tonight. I'm happy to be here, my friend. I love talking turkey with you, and I love talking and talking tactics and getting it out there. And hopefully, somebody can listen to this and take a, a little bit of something from you and be successful. And I love that. Yeah. Well, good, man. So just give the, give the listeners, uh, just a little rundown of who you are, where you're from and kind of your role within, uh, the turkey hunting culture and, 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 uh, industry and where you, where you, where you fit in with Woodhaven and, and, uh, and all that good stuff. Oh gosh. Yeah, man. I, um, started off, uh, outdoor writing many, many, many years ago. And, uh, got on a pro staff with a company called Quaker boy game calls. A lot of people know it back in about 25 years ago. And, um, was like, I started com competing on stage competition, Turkey calling and, um, just kind of found my way into the industry just by winning calling contest. Again, being an outdoor writer. Um, I love to write now. It just is so time consuming and you have to think way too hard to do it anymore. But, <laughs> but I used to enjoy writing and now we have YouTube, you know, YouTube wasn't big 25 years ago. Um, now we have YouTube, we have social media, we have all these platforms that you can talk Turkey with people and you can, you know, kind of teach the masses. That's something I've always embraced with my Turkey adventures um, is just teaching people to call better, to strategize on turkeys better. Um, and you know, I have my DVDs, Mouth Call Magic 1 and 2. We have the app, Turkey Tech, that teaches the art of calling and setup and, and just how to be a better turkey hunter. And that's where I think I found my niche. Um, ha had a lot of success on the stage competing. You know, I've won some grand national titles and whatnot. Um, on the back end of that whole deal, sidebar there, but I'm kind of on the back end of the competition calling thing and now just enjoying time in the woods with friends and family and and hunting turkeys or hunting anything for that matter. But obviously we're talking about turkeys and that is my first love is turkey hunting. So, um, 
But yeah, you mentioned Woodhaven. I'm bouncing around on you a little bit, but uh, I'm the pro staff manager for Woodhaven. I'm a I'm brand ambassador with Apex Ammunition. Um, I'm with Thermocell and uh, Mossy Oak. Um, and uh, again, uh, just enjoy the time with in the fellowship of being in the woods and the the art of calling and hunting wild turkeys has always been my first love, and, and I love it. And I love that I can take it to the industry to some level and then, you know, and reap the benefits of meeting great people and getting some good invites to hunt some great property and hunting some public land with great friends across the country. And you meet up with people. It's just a great brotherhood. You know, the whole Turkey hunting culture is just a brotherhood and most everybody are really cool people and they enjoy and embrace each other's success and love sharing that success and what made them successful. And that kind of is a caveat to me going back where I was saying, oh, I just love what I do instructionally to help people and try to put as much out here, just like these podcasts, that somebody can take a tip and, and run with it and hear something. They say, I got to try that. And they try it and it works. And then you get a message on Instagram or on Facebook and go, hey, man, I heard you on so-and-so podcast or I saw your YouTube video and I did that crap and it worked, man. <laughs> I killed that turkey. It worked. And that there's no better sense of pride, man. That makes you want to thump your chest like Tarzan. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that as soon as I'm done with this statement, I want everyone to hit pause on this podcast. I want you to hop over to the app store and I want you to get the Turkey tech app. <laughs> I got that. When did you come out with that? Well, four or five years ago, I feel like mm, it's been a few, three or three or four probably. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is that app made me a better Turkey caller. Without a doubt. And so I had been hunting turkeys at that time for probably 15 years. So I was proficient at calling and killed some birds. Right. That was one of those apps that I could listen, especially when I got in. I wanted to get into the more complex calling sequences and calls. That was one of the one of the things that made me a better turkey hunter because the way that it's packaged up, it's like, okay, this is a call. This is a tree elk. This is what it sounds like on from a turkey. And this is what it sounds like from you, Scott Ellis, making that call. And it was I, so I was able to. It's a damn good app. So <laughs> do, do, do yourself a favor if you listen to this, you want to be a better turkey caller, hit pause, go get that app. You will not regret it. You will not regret it. Single handedly, I mean, the number one thing that made me a better turkey caller. So thank you for I that. A That's a free plug, Scott. Don't uh, don't forget that. Stay humble, friend. No. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. $4.99, people. This is the price of a cappuccino. It's, I mean, seriously. Yep. Man, it, it's it's worth it's worth every freaking penny. So so good deal. So we so what uh so when did you start hunting turkeys? We'll just get a little background on like turkey hunting beginnings sure, sure. for you. Oh gosh. Um I think this is my 37th season. I was about eleven and I'm forty-eight, so that sounds about right. Yeah, I think I was eleven, and that would have been nineteen eighty-five. Yeah, right before Mossy Oak and Real Tree was launched is when I started turning in. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. So, so we're, now are you you're in Florida now. Are you born and raised in Florida? B born and raised, unfortunately, I, I don't. I'm not proud to call Florida home, but it is home. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, man. Yeah, but yeah, born and raised. So in the. Florida, yeah. So did you grow up hunting Osceola's down south, or are you up up a little farther, cutting your teeth on the um, on the easterns? No, no, no. Uh, hunting public land Osceola's. Um, and I'm not south zone. I'm central zone. I'm not south of Highway 70, which is the line of demarcation. Um, but um, I grew up hunting public land. I didn't have places to hunt when I was a kid. I was, wasn't poor, but I mean, we didn't have high dollar hunt leases. And, you know, leases were expensive 30 something years ago, as they, just like they are now. And they're even worse now, yeah. of course. 
with the with the uh, Osceola becoming such a gem for people, you know, a destination spot, if you will, to, to kill a turkey. Um, but I, I and you know what, cut my teeth on those pressure birds and those Osceolas and in, in the pastures and swamps and oak hammocks of Central Florida. I think is what honed my skills at a very young young age. I had to kill any turkey anywhere and put a plan together, and it it just it made me the turkey hunter I am today, without a doubt. I mean, I think you can. I don't want to step on people's toes, but I think if you were if you grew up in more privileged type hunting, you know, less pressured hunting. I'm not saying you can't kill turkeys or you're not you're not proficient turkey hunter, but I know that it made me hunt harder, hunt longer, um, learn to call better learn to strategize more and have a very, very deep bag of tricks is what I always call it. A big old deep bag of tricks. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's a, that's a good, that's a good way to say it. You know, you, you publicly, and that's, I, I, same, same thing. I don't have primo private property. That's, you know, unpressured turkeys. I I'm hunting public lands of Ohio and you know, the other States that I'm fortunate enough to hunt, you know, with me and, you know, sometimes a hundred other people on the right, same, right. in the same area. Right. So yeah, you definitely, you, you definitely learn to scratch out an existence as a public land turkey hunter. And it's just got, as the sports gotten more popular, you know, you've, you've got more, more and more people coming into it. So you just have to kind of, kind of adapt to that. So it's, uh, and it's not even that the turkeys are on public ground. It, there's a big, always a big debate, public versus private. I, I didn't finish my statement, kind of cut myself off about, Hunting less pressured birds are just easier to hunt because they don't get the human pressure. Um, public land birds aren't necessarily any harder to kill than any other bird. It's just the contact with humans that I think causes them to be so much more skittish, gobble less, be harder to call, be harder to move on, harder to step on. But they're, they're just more skittish, if you will, in my opinion. And um, you have to, yeah, it, it taught me to call a lot less at a, at a younger age, even though, you know, I've I learned to call pretty proficiently very young and got really good on a mouth call very young um it's still and, and that makes a difference i'll i'll we can talk about that at some point because i've been preaching it forever and ever and i will continue till my grave to preach that more realistic calling will kill more turkeys but that said it's not it's, it's just you've learned to, i learned to tone it down no matter how good you call in certain situations you have to tone it down scratching the leaves clucking for wine soft soft yelping you know not be too aggressive and then there's times i've hunted public ground turkeys where i did get the chance to get aggressive and the bird allowed me to because I wasn't surrounded by a hundred people. It just, you know, depends on the day. It depends on the management area. It depends on the ground, the state ground, the federal ground, whatever it is. There's always a lot more variables in my opinion in hunting public ground. There's a lot more things that can happen. Unknowns, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'll tell you what, let's, I want to, on the back end of this, after the little calling tutorial here, I definitely want to talk some Turkey strategy uh, because toning it down, that's a hard lesson to learn. And I think for a lot of people, me included, you learn that by what failure that's, that's right. <laughs> so, uh, that's and, and that's, that sometimes that's the best way to, 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 to learn. So let's, and, let's talk about, let's talk about calling man. So, so we're, yeah, we're get, talking basic. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah. So, so let's, let's start out, you know, I, I get out of my truck and I'm, I'm a turkey hunter. I want to, the first thing I really want to do in the morning, I guess, is locate turkeys. So on the front end of, of a hunt, um, you're probably going to do a lot of out calling, doing some out calling, maybe some crow calling. So, crow so talk about, talk about timing for ripping off a hoot out call in the morning. Well, you know, it's a, it's a great topic to kick right into it because I'm the guy that gets my owl hooter or my voice and will hoot 
well, well, well before dark or before daylight, excuse me. I'll, I will hoot in the dark with the slight chance that that bird will give his location away. And I've got a lot more cover of darkness to try to move on. And it doesn't work all the time. Now, I will say this, just a sidebar, interesting little tidbit. When I was a kid hunting Osceola's in Florida, those birds would gobble at five o'clock in the morning. Does not happen that way anymore. Evolution to me and pressure and predation have definitely caused those turkeys to gobble when it gets lighter and lighter. It seems like every year they gobble later and later. It just seems to be the case. But they can that see. Said, I will, yeah, so they can see. Yep. And, and and back in the day when I was a kid, buddy, you would be you'd rip, ripping off owl calls or at at you know not a crow so much in the dark, but definitely an owl at five o'clock in the morning. And sometimes, you know, very often they would gobble. Now, Miriams are the only exception. You can still get Miriams to gobble at any hour of the night or the morning. But but, out, but outside of that, Easterns and uh, and even Rios are more susceptible to gobbling really, really early. But Easterns and Osceola is not so much. And so I do owl hoot really early. And just with the chance, slight chance that he may give me that location and I'll have a little more time and a little more um, ability to move and cover without having to just use terrain because it's starting to really break daylight where they can see. And, and for the listeners out there, we're going to talk about a barred owl. And I've got my uh, Woodhaven Ninja owl call here that I designed um, with Woodhaven. And um, I'm going to start off with just an eight note who, who cooks for you, who cooks for you all or y'all actually it's y'all. It's not you all it's y'all, but, <laughs> but I'll give the eight note who, and I'll give it to you real quick with a, with a, um, a Woodhaven Ninja owl. And I listen and I give it again. a little flare on that one those little single notes at the end of the eight note and i'll listen and sometimes they're ripping right off of the bat and you don't have to do much more and and what i will do is if you end up getting a locator call and you start getting proficient with it experiment with with screaming experiment with laughing getting louder getting higher pitched with the call because sometimes i love giving this tip away or tip out is that you have to get aggressive with your locator calls and i'll go into the crow call in a minute as well I mean, you can do that eight note hoot and that bird just might not gobble, but now I might not have heard anything. So I'm going to get excited and I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw a scream in there. And this is what, and, and, and the ninja owl will scream. I don't know, not all hooters are made alike, but, but the ninja owl will scream. And it's just a single high pitch note that the barred owl does not super common, but, but it's like, it's almost like a coyote howl for Miriam's. They will gobble at this one. They won't gobble at a lot. And so I'll, I'll give them a scream. And this is the scream of a barred owl. That's the scream. It's just a high, shrill pitch sound. And then they'll go into like a hitched uh, roll note, if you will. It doesn't really have a name, but they'll scream and then go into this note. And this also adds a little flair, a little more aggression that could jerk a gobble out of one. It goes like this. And that adds a little bit more. And you listen. And then if that doesn't work, then I may go into a, like a little longer laughing sequence. So I'll hit something like this. Get something like that right there, and that will sometimes jerk a gobble out of one. So just don't be afraid to 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 experiment with it and and make different sounds other than the eight note barred barred owl. Just be be versatile and get proficient enough with the call to be able to make the other sounds. It it, it can make a difference in locating and not locating. I will I will second what you said. We we talked last year on on a show, and and you said you said the same thing. Get a little aggressive. Get a little loud. Get 
a different sound coming out of the owl hoot other than the eight note. I was hunting in Tennessee, highly pressured birds. I was on a great spot. I was out on this ridge and there's all this, you know, there's all this train and your features. And I'm like, there's, there's gotta be turkeys here. And I've been hooting and sun's up on its way up. And I'm like, man, nothing's, nothing's out. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to try that scream. And man, it was just like, I, and I hadn't moved. You know, I, I, I'd been just walking the top of this ridge and I, mm-hmm. I, I hit that scream. It was like the freaking holler erupted, man. And there was like four <laughs> turkeys there. I'm like, well, boys, no, I've been, it, I've been, it, I've been standing here for an hour waiting for you guys. So, <laughs> and you know, the beautiful part about that is you truly shocked them into gobbling, shot gobble 101. And they may not gobble again, but at least you knew and you know they're there. And that's when, if they don't gobble again, you know that you can camp out in that area, set up, and just do some blind calling, and with a chance of killing something. And that's a great, that's a great feeling. I do that a lot with a tube call in in the spring because I get birds to gobble with my tube call that I don't generally get to gobble at anything else. And they may only gobble one time and give you what we call a courtesy gobble, but at least you know he's there. And if he doesn't answer me again, I'll set up, start scratching the leaves, clucking and purring not being too aggressive. And then if that doesn't work, then I might try cutting at him real hard. We, we could go into tactics. We're, we're already diving off into yeah. taxes. Oh tactics man. Here, I, I love it. So I, I'm going <laughs> to, so my first turkey hunting season, 2007. So I started out calling in 2007. Uh, I cannot freaking roll my R's on the end of it. On the end of that eight note hoot, that little growl or whatever it is. Yeah. Yes. So, so <laughs> just there, do that. I'm going to shut up. That's how you do it. Give one, give it to us well, one more time. It, it's okay. There's two ways of doing it. You can either flutter your tongue or you can uh, vibrate your uvula, that little piece of skin that hangs in the back of your throat. Mm-hmm. God gifted me with the ability to go and just roll my tongue. And all I do is relax my tongue and then blow air across it. I'm using my voice so you can hear the vibration. And I just blow air across it and it flaps. Now, some people, if I do it, see, when I do my uvula, you can hear the vibration, but it's too fast. Okay. It'll work great for crow calling, but when I owl call, that was my usual. That's... Here's my tongue. Thank goodness I can roll my tongue because I cannot get my uvula to slow down. I think mine's yeah. about three inches long, <laughs> and just that's the reason why I can't get it to vibrate. Yeah, there's too much skin hanging down there. <laughs> so I, I I can get it. That's that's about what mine sounds like. It's almost like a it's like an owl growl. Right. Right. Um, right. And right. It, I mean, and I will say it, it, it works, uh, but, but you cannot man, roll of, your tongue. I cannot, man. And I've, I've tried and it drives me nuts. Uh, so I've just, I get that. I get that on the, on the end of it. I'll give it that little, the, the laugh, you know, that real aggressive right. laugh and then just go into like a short roll. And I mean, right. a lot Ooh. of times, yeah, for me, I'll get that. I'll get that Ooh. quick little. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it works, but I think that's one of those things it's for, it's, practice 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 you, you know most people are going to get it i'm just an idiot uh and, and can't <laughs> no you're not there's a lot of people that cannot do either they just can't they don't i'll explain it real fast i mean i don't want to go too far in the weeds but it's take a deep breath and blow out until your cheeks fill with air like if you sit in your chair like in the evening when you got home from work and you're tired and you go and your cheeks will fill up with air but I'm okay. When you do that, let that air channel that air more across your tongue. I'm gonna You're try using it. your I'm throat. Gonna... You're, yeah. I am. Yeah. You hear, you can hear it. Yeah. Yeah. I can hear your throat trying to vibrate. Mine does the same thing. And that's the only, and that's why I try, I teach people to purr 
to get the R, the rolling tongue, using that same method. That deep breath, your cheeks expel with air. They fill up. You create a little back pressure. And that's how I have taught a few people and got them to do it. So maybe we'll sit face to face sometime and I'll be able to watch what you're doing. I can help you. But yeah. anyways, not getting too far in the ways, but that's the role for the, for the R's on an owl or the purr on a mouth call. Yeah. Okay. Now is, is an alcohol. So I've, I've, I've done this. I saw some guys doing it on YouTube or TV years ago, owl hooting at like 11 o'clock in the morning and Turkey's just mm -hmm. shot gobbling. I mean, that's, that's an yep. effective, effective tool, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'll hoot all day. I just, I can get louder and more shrill on a crow call. So I will yeah. generally go to go to crow um, during that part during the during the middle of the days because I get louder and more shrill than an alcohol. Yeah, I mean that might the, the my hooter's pretty loud, but it's not as loud as a crow call. But yeah, so, so let's talk let's but, talk about the crow call real quick. Okay, yeah, so crow call. I mean, great locator, right? And I don't crow call in the dark just because that's unnatural to me. So that's unnatural. Right as that sun first peaks his little head right over that, just starts to crack light. I hear crows all the time right there, right well before any kind of real sun up, but that first crack of light. And I mean, it's loud, it's shrill. And you, know, and you hear the crow fly over your head sometimes. And he's just doing the basic calls. This is a Woodhaven real crow. And he's just doing the basic. And that's just your basic, excuse me, got a frog in my throat, basic crow sounds. Yeah, that might get a bird to gobble. You know, a really hot turkey might get him to gobble. But what we're going to do with what you can't do with your throat, <clears throat> you don't flutter your tongue with a crow call. You do use that uvula. And when a crow call, I can do that. <clears throat> what you're doing, and mm -hmm. you do that across the crow call, and it creates a good crow sound. <clears throat> Hear it come to life? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> That's the uvula. That's not my tongue. So you do that, and then you just really blast the air through it and get more aggressive, just like we talked about with the, the laughing, the screaming. Blow air to it and make a little longer sequence, and this will make the difference sometimes in when he gobbles and when he doesn't. And I'll get my throat clear, and I'll get, I'll get you some good crow calling, getting aggressive, using that, that gargle, that uvula roll. And then listen. And a little tip to give people when you're trying to Feel like when you feel like you're running out of air, open your mouth around the mouthpiece and inhale in between the blows. And there you go. And then you listen. And don't go too long because he might shot gobble in the middle of all that that sequence. But that's a great little sequence. Just a and then listen, like a crow fight almost. And that will be what sometimes is the difference between a gobble and not a gobble. <laughs> Yeah. And I, yeah, and I use that all the way up into the day. Yeah. Okay. All throughout the day. Yeah. That's a, a really, a really effective tool uh, to, to pull, to pull a shot gobble out of trick. So, so actually let's, let's define what a shot gobble is for people. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we gotta, we gotta uh, not get too far ahead of ourselves with the advanced tactics. A shot gobble is when a bird gobbles at a train horn, um, at a, th a clap of thunder, at a crow, at an owl. It's just a stimulus to a loud, noise um it can be an air horn it can be slamming your truck door as the old boys say back in the you know back in the the old turkey days i just get out and slam my truck door and he gobbles i honk the horn and he gobbles but i think one thing i have a theory i've developed over the years yeah all that will work just loud noises thunder is amazing actually best located I've oh, ever heard. Yeah. you can use a duck call 
You can use a goose call, very effective. All over the U.S., I've done both of those. But something I think that happens with crows and owls is they're not mortal enemies, but they're not, they don't have that symbionts in the woods, if you will, the brotherhood in the woods. And I think a bird will hear a crow or an owl as a challenging, another bird challenging his dominance, if you will. And I think they will sometimes gobble. They're sometimes gobbling at an owl or a crow because they feel challenged. And that's just a theory. You can call me crazy, but that's a theory I've always said because he's hearing another another bird that has a loud voice and it's rashes sounding. And he, he wants to fire back and say, no, sir, I'm the dominant one in the woods. And I think that happens, in my opinion, with a crow and an owl. So the other the other loud, shrill sounds, loud, booming sounds, thunder, whatever, I think that's more of a shot gobble to me than actually an owl or a crow. So just my two cents on it. Yeah, no, good, good two cents, I will say. <laughs> so let's 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 talk about turkey calling now. Okay. One of the one of the real interesting questions and I a lot of people, a lot of guys are different uh, when when you're in the woods, you're out hooting. Yeah, you know, you, you've, you've got some gobbles, maybe not as close. You're working in when, when do you start calling? So more from a tactical side, not sure. we'll get into the instructional side. Like when do you start calling? If you haven't heard anything with a shock, you know, with, with a locator call, when do you start actually making turkey sounds? Oh, I mean, right, right. When the sun's breaking, if I, if I give all my best locator stuff and there's just nothing happening, I will actually get on my tube call and gobble. Um, that's, that's one of my last tricks in my very deep bag of tricks. <laughs> it will be the gobble on my tube call. Um, but I mean, going backwards a little bit, I'm trying to keep it. I'm, I keep thinking one-on-one Scott, one-on-one, one-on-one. Can we kind of go back and just say, okay, we've got him to gobble. And then for the, for the new Turkey hunter that's interested in doing this, what do I do next after? Yeah. He gobbles yeah, on the heck roof? yeah. Okay. Okay. So I just wanted to give a, just a quick brief rundown. You locating slip into that Turkey as tight as you feasibly can without bumping. And that for somebody, some people may be hundred yards, maybe 200 yards, maybe one fit, whatever you can do to use the, the darkness. If it's still dark enough or the terrain, hills, rolling hills, sides, cover, you know, thicker woods, you know, denser woods, get as close as you can to him and then set down on the Turkey. And then the game, then the game begins. Now we can kind of, I just want to give people that just set up and get a place that gives you a good vantage point. Don't let cover block you. Try to keep any obstacles out of your way. Don't get on the other on the wrong side of a creek. Um, don't try not to get put a fence between he and you or a ravine or um, any again any obstacle. Um, and again, give yourself a good van, a good vantage point where you have shot lanes. You have places you can see. If, if it's open timber, then obviously that's advantageous for visibility that you can see pretty good. But just don't forget that whole deal because we'll we'll talk hide the hen one of these days in this. If we don't get too long winded, we have, might have to talk hide the hen. You know my little tactic I came up with twenty five oh, yeah. years ago. I know, but, I know um, that one. <laughs> that's I, I mean I, I should have patented that phrase and coined that phrase hide the hen, but I'm uh, it's it's anyways. We'll get back that to that. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, probably. I mean, I hear it's used a lot now, but um, at any rate, um, so yeah, birds goblin, you set up on him, and then the sun starts breaking, and then you're saying now you were saying when do you call when you don't hear a bird? So do you want to go that direction, or do you want me to? start doing some calling instruction now and just start off the roost and how you should talk to the bird on the roost. Yeah, let's, let's, let's go with, with the scenario that we're talking about now. And, and you, you, you're out okay. hooting, you get a gobble, you've gotten into position. 
right. something that you feel is a new turkey hunter or turkey hunter is a, is a good spot to be in, where do you go? From that point there, I'm going to get, let the let the light break just a little bit, and then I'm going to give him some real soft bubble clucks and what we call tree calling. And the bubble cluck is like a water dripping cluck. I'll demonstrate it on a mouth call. My my new energy, but have new energy. I got to get my plugs in there, man. <laughs> yeah, my favorite it. split B call. Yeah, my new energy Woodhaven call mouth call. One of my designs for those Woodhaven. And um, I'm going to give some bubble clucks and some tree calls and just try to make contact with him. That that's going to sound like this on mouth call. This is just a hen waking up on the limb, and you're letting that gobbler know that there is a hen nearby. And it sounds like this. And that's the tree call. Just a soft little yelp, a couple of those little pips, those little bubble clucks. And he's just, you're just making contact with the bird. Hopefully he answers and he's fired up. Maybe he doesn't. Don't be discouraged if he doesn't. But you, if you did it as loud as I just did it, just like a very low level, and you're within 150 yards of him, 200 yards even, he's going to hear that, and, and he's going to know you're there. From there, yeah, I, think it's, I think it's important to say that that's a soft call. That is not a loud call right. at all. Right. Even in the woods, that's a, that's a very, very mild sounding muted sounding yeah, call. muffled muted yep yeah for sure now for 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 people if they want to learn the intricacies of blowing air over the reeds that turkey tech app you go into detail about that um I about do. the about the style so we won't do we won't do any of that in this call so guys like i said you can right. get that app uh you know there, there are other resources to to learn that so we'll, we'll just go with more like the sound and, and, and the strategy of it um Sure, sure. But it, but Agreed. in that turkey yeah. tech, you you go over that in detail about air pressure and tongue placement and all that stuff. So. Right, right. And I've got tons of YouTube um, videos on my channel, Hunt Quest, with my show, uh, throwing that out there. But there's I got tons of instructions on YouTube as well. But um, yeah. So you make contact. Uh, maybe maybe I give him another two or three series of hen yelps or tree yelps. Um, only time I get a little more aggressive on the limb, throwing this out there as a as a tactic is if I hear hens around him, with him. So at that point, I'm going to try to get the hens talking to me politely, just softly, civilly talking, having a nice little conversation to try to say, hey, I'm over here. I'm the newcomer. You know, may, sometimes curiosity gets the best of the hens and they'll fly down to you. Sometimes they do what? They fly the complete opposite direction. But we're just going to pretend for argument of argument's sake that he does not have any hens couple series of tree calls, and then I'm just going to let it start getting light and let him do his thing. I'm going to listen to his gobbling frequency. I'm going to see if he's gobbling at owls, if he's gobbling at crows. I'm assessing his mood. Is he really, really fired up? Is he apprehensive, not very fired up? Um, I'm just trying to get a feel for when the game begins is when his feet hit the ground, and we'll get to that here in a minute, but how I'm going to engage him once I get him on the ground, and that's, that's again, that's when the games begin. So, um Tree calls, like I said, and then as it gets what I believe is good light, I don't have, I mean, we're doing this with an audio, so we don't have any video recording, but I use a turkey wing. I have a, you know, like the bottom lower, the lower, the primaries of a, of a wing cut right at the wing joint, the bottom wing joint. And um, I put tape around the edge of it, makes like a little handle, and I carry two of them around on my vest, actually, for fighting furs and for fly downs and stuff. And so at that point, I'm going to give a little fly down cackle. Um, and let him know that I have flown down with the wing beat. So he hears the, the wing slapping 
and it simulates not only a turkey vocalization, it simulates the wing beats, the turkey sound, not just the vocalization. So I'll just do a quick little cackle on how I, I, you know, I, I give it whenever I'm flying down to simulate the hens flying down. the flight on cackle it's a it's a chopping crescendo effect call it's very sharp single notes called almost like a cut note if you would and then it's just put into a to a, a crescendo it starts high and then finishes low just like you heard me just do and then now, if, if you've got more if you've got multiple hens in a tree will all if you, if you got four hens in the area will all four of them cackle on the way down or is it just oh, kind of so, the dominant? sometimes they don't cackle at all Sometimes I will do that same sequence. If let, let's here's a, here's the sidebar, we're on that that hunted property, that pressured public land. I may not give any cackle. I just use the wings to make to simulate the wing beats. Now I might tree call or bubble cluck really really soft, just once or twice, and then I give the simulation with the wings, but not even do a flat on cackle. So it just it depends on the time of the year where you're hunting. It, you know, sometimes it's just a, it's just what you feel. Go with it. I mean, sometimes even on public land, I will cackle. I'll give a fly down. But um, but generally, will hands always cackle? Absolutely not. I think more times than not, they don't cackle than they do actually. But it's just yeah. one of those one of those tricks in my little bag. I got my little trick yeah. bag, and that's one of the that's ones it. I definitely use. Yeah. Now I've used so, I've used my hat before uh, to do right. to do the fly down just out of desperation. Um, I need to start right. saving turkey wings. <laughs> You should, man. It's a so, deadly tool. Deadly tool. Yeah. All right. So let's so let's let's go. You got him. You you're, you bubble cluck and fly down cackle. You got you got someone on the ground. He's entertain. He's interested. Okay. So, so he's, he's flown there. Down. Yeah. He's flown down. And, yep. And this is where it really we really start getting into the meat and potatoes of the one on one stuff because this is where guys go. Maybe they've been turkey in a couple of years and they've had some success or no success. But how much do I call to this rascal? Well, you know what. Call just enough to keep him moving towards you. So now, how do, what do you mean to keep him moving towards you to to keep his forward progression, his march coming straight down your gun barrel? So how do you realize that with not call, without calling too much? Well, I will give a yelp. I'm, well, okay, so he's hitting the ground. Let's get into some more basic stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna just yelp to him. One hundred and one yelping probably killed more turkeys than any call that a turkey caller has ever, a turkey hunter has ever made. So I'm just going to give a basic, just a hen yelp. Once he's, I know he's on the ground. See how he's gobbling. Gage's reaction. And it sounds like this. And that's the hen yelp. Five, six notes. You can hear it. Um, most people will identify with that and know what the heck that is. And then from there, okay, does he hammer? Does he not gobble? At that point, I'm just going to give him a minute. Let him settle down after he's just flown out of the tree let him get his scruples about him get his faculties you know get, get right with the turkey get right with the woods if you will and then <laughs> yeah after after that goes down i'm going to see i'm going to check him basically i mean it, if he gobble really well all we can do here is run scenarios it's so hard to to, to say this is what you do a b c d e f g you know what i mean it's hard to so all we can do is kind of put is is just kind of put the scenario that we're trying to teach somebody the basics out there. And, and that's, let's just say he gobbles and um, he's 125 yards away. Say you set up away from him, 150, he flew a little towards you. 
or maybe he flew to the right of you, but he's not too far away. He's well within callable range. Your setup is good. And from there, I'm going to I'm gonna give him that first contact. He answers, and then I'm going to give him a few minutes, and then I'm going to check him. Give him two or three minutes. Don't just immediately start firing off at him when his feet hit the ground, and you just want to hear him gobble. That's why we do it. We want to hear him gobble. That's why we're there. I mean, we're there to eat turkey nuggets, but at the end of the day, we're there to hear that gobble and see that, oh, hear yeah. that drum and see that seam strutting, you know. And um, give him a few minutes and then just hit him with another yelp. And I'm not going to demonstrate it again. Yelp, 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 yelp. And listen, is he closer? Is he further away? If he's closer, this goes right back into what I told you when I say just give him enough to come to keep you keep him coming to you. So say he closed and he's noticeably closer. Well, you don't have to if, if that bird's that hot and he's ready to roll. You've just landed a, you've just hit the lottery. You know, um, he's closer, noticeably closer. Give him another three or four minutes. Check him again with a basic hill. Don't see, this is where this, we could go so far in the weeds, brother. I love talking this stuff because when you can cluck and purr and you can cut and you can fight and purr and you can jake you up and you can gobble, when you do all these sounds, these are all those tricks in that big old deep bag of tricks I talk about all the time. Don't get advanced. Don't get crazy and don't start. To, if you, maybe you're an advanced turkey hunter that's listening to this right now. Don't throw all your tricks out there on the table, your ace, your trump cards right off the bat. Just stick with the basics. Then you have those in hold if you need them when he does hang up. Fair enough. You follow what yeah. I'm saying? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so this bird's closing. I'm going to give him another yelp. He's closing. I'm going to give him another yelp. And after he's getting to what I'm saying, 75 yards, I'm going to almost go, I'm going to go quiet. I mean, I've killed turkeys. We've, we've all done it. If you've hunted longer than a few years, you yelp three or four times and he's dead right off the roost. Doesn't happen as often as we'd like it to happen, but it can't happen. So now that's the that's the, you, you call Yelp three or four times. He's closing. He's moving towards you. You don't have to call too much. Don't overcall him. Don't if you overcall him. There's a very good chance he'll stand his ground and he'll get stubborn and want you to come to him. Always remember that a, a bird, generally a gobbler, gets the hens to come to him. But now gobblers do cover ground. Obviously, we call them up a lot, right? They do cover ground when they're. In the right mood, they will come to the hen. But in general, when they hang up, that's the bird being stubborn and being what's a little more natural. And he just struts and shows off and he calls up the ladies himself. So this bird comes right on in. Boom. We're, we're, we're master turkey hunters. I yelled four times, called him right off the roost and killed him and he's dead. Okay. Now let's throw another quick scenario out there. <laughs> Let me throw two spins on, on another scenario where he's gobbling good, but he's not closing the distance. He's not coming forward that's when I'm going to yelp at him for a while. Like I just did three or four sequences. He's not acting right. He's not, he's answering, but he's not closing. That's when I might throw four or five cuts in with that yelp and get a little more excited with that yelp. And that I will demonstrate is I will get a little aggressive and try to charge him up and get him to break again. Don't overcall him. Don't give him too much too soon. Give him little doses and give him silence in between those little doses. Does that make sense? Yep. So I'm going to cut three, four, five times and then go into an excited joke. Just like that. We'll do it one more time. Just a little sharp cut notes. And then listen. And then give him a little bit of silent treatment. Give him a little dose like that and then give him a second. He, he gobbles. I'm sure he'll gobble at that if he's gobbling well at you, okay? And give him three or four or five minutes and then check him. Sometimes that breaks him right there. Sometimes that's all it takes is that little more excitement to get in his head, get in his helmet, and then he breaks. And then 
when whenever you get him coming, then you can tone it back down to basic yelps. And then you can put that cutting in your back pocket until you need it again to get him fired up again. You follow where the, this is all about exploiting his mood based on the vocalizations, what we talk about at the start of the podcast. It's using yep. the sounds, their voice, their the inflections and the excitement level in their voice to either excitement to get him fired up or in, we're going to go the different direction here in just a second. And, it, and, and he comes in and then shuts down on you and he hangs up. We're going to go quiet or we're going to cluck and purr. So that got him fired up. That broke him. You, you yelp him all the way to the gun barrel and you kill the turkey. Now, in that whole series, you may have to get, again, you may have to cut louder and longer at him just to keep him coming. But it all depends on those little doses and then silence and then checking. Little doses of calling. When I say little doses, I mean a little bit of calling. A little bit of silence and then checking. And then that's how you, but, but don't just sit there and yelp at him profusely for five minutes. That's not what we're trying to do here. We're trying to, no. the silent treatment is just like cat, it's cat and mouse. Curiosity killed the cat. It's the same same philosophy. So that bird, we killed him too. So we've killed two so far. We're, we're on a roll and a roll now. We did it. We, we did the basic stuff and it killed one. What a season. What we're, we're tagged out right off the bat. No, we, <laughs> <laughs> we got a little aggressive that broke him. Um, again, again, you may even get more aggressive to break him if that didn't work. And then at some point don't overdo it. Okay. You gave him, you get a little more aggressive, a little more aggressive. And then, you shut it back down and say, no, that's, I don't want to overcall him. That's, let's just push reel it back in. That's when we're going the different direction here. And I'm going to give him some silence, five, 10 minutes of silence. Okay. And then I'm going to start doing some softer stuff. I'm going to tone it back down to play coy and shy with him. And now we're going to do what's called the purr, cluck and purr and the whine of a hen turkey. And it's just, it's a simulated, it's a hen, it's simulating a hen feeding. And these are the sounds that they make when they feed him. It's almost like, say you did that excited stuff put this in perspective and it didn't break him. And then you're like, it's like a woman that you're a guy's talking to a girl trying to get a number. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to pick my words here. <laughs> He's trying to get the digits. He's trying to get a, a number, a girl. And you seen, the, you seen this beard girl, <laughs> the bearded girl. No, I don't follow the bearded girl. No, I said, have you, no, I've, I said, have you seen this beard girl? You see this thing? Oh, like? have you seen this beard? Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. There you go. G rated, G rated. Yep. Yeah. And um, so you get you're it's a guy and the girl's being really aggressive and she's being, you know, really sexy and getting his attention. And then she's like, nah, not so much. You know, I'm just not really feeling it in my mind. That's what you're doing when you fire one up and then you reel it back down and just start clucking and purring. It's like you got me all excited, big boy. I heard you gobbling your brains out over there and uh, I'm not going over there to you. So I'm going to lose interest now and go back to feeding and not pay you any attention. And that's what that's in my mind what I'm doing again, trying to exploit his emotions. You 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 get him all fired up and then you shut him down. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! You leave me hanging, woman. What's going on here? So, <laughs> without further ado, some clucking and purring for you. And this is Let's go. this is when he's he's you got excited. He came in some halfway in and then he hung up on you. Okay, so we're gonna cluck and purr. I'm gonna after a while, I'm gonna cluck and purr. A little wine. And that's clucking purring. And, I, and if I can move, I will scratch in the leaves and just simulate a feeding hen. Sometimes that breaks them and game over and boom, you just killed the, We just killed three. We're, we're, we're three for three. Just like that. Uh, what, what, a, what, a what a team. What a turkey. I mean, we are, we, are, we are that good, people. We're that good. So, 
So there's another scenario where, you know, you fired him up, didn't work, so you shut him down. And then one of the most successful tactics I've ever used when none of it worked and he's out there strutting in his strut zone back and forth, shut up, completely shut your calling down. It takes more discipline than, than anything I ever do in the turkey woods. And for 95% of turkey hunters, if they tell you it's easy for them to do, they're either not very proficient at a calling or they're lying. Because <laughs> yeah. Just shutting up when you have him there and you know he's fairly close and he's not quite gun range, but just going quiet for like 15 minutes, I mean, just be listening for that drum. Sometimes they'll gobble on their own when you go silent. And when you when they gobble on their own when you go silent, that's when you really got to okay, talk tonight. That's when you really have his attention, in my opinion. And I've, yeah. and I've found that to be true many, many times when you got one going and then he does he doesn't break and come in. And you end up shutting it down on him and going silent. It they can't stand it. Now, caveat to that is don't go silent for longer than I would say maybe 15, 20 without maybe giving him a little yelp and trying to check him again because I have had them lose interest and walk off when you went completely silent. So that's that's something to, to consider. But don't be scared to use it. And if you if you have no success with it after you know 15, 20, 30 minutes. Then go ahead and give him a little yelp and see if you can check him. And I've done that. And then that bird gobbled, and he was he was two hundred yards away when he was at one at one time seventy five yards away. Yeah. yeah, and that's uh, that's a crappy feeling, I can tell you. Yeah. So if you if you go sign if you got if you got and I feel like I'm you know the first couple of scenarios yeah those are those are yeah those are fun to talk about right we'll play play radio I feel like a lot of the time it's you're gonna have that bird that that's not not ready to come in, not ready to die yet, whatever phrase you want to use. So if, if I'm giving him that silent treatment, are you scratching in the, are you scratching the leaves? Are you, um, um, you know, that's a great, that's a great point. Yeah. I will take my wing and just kind of scratch and tickle leaves and stuff just, and, you know, and, and make scratching simulations like you're saying. Um, Maybe even do like a little. Uh, I've actually tapped, taken my wings and tapped them together, like she just kind of stood up and flapped her wings or something. Just a turkey sound that's not a vocalization. But yeah, um, yeah, what you can. I like using turkey noises and not necessarily turkey vocalizations. That's been very, very successful as well. Yeah. Now, is there is there and this is this is a really high level high level question. We're going to jump. I, and this is a very selfish question because I want to know, so I'm going to ask it. <laughs> Uh, if you've got like just this super stubborn turkey and you're doing all your things, we're gonna we're gonna get into more of the bag of tricks. But is there ever a moment in that battle back and forth, if you can without being seen, would you get up and move away from that, Tom? And, Absolutely, and, and, great question. Yeah. yeah, that's a great question. Absolutely, I like when you lead me into you feed me these questions. <laughs> it's <laughs> one of my favorite. That... It's one of my favorite moves, man. I I, oh, I love doing it. Yeah. Uh, repositioning is if you can move, I mean, 100%, I do it all the time. I mean, you watch anybody on that's knows their salt on Turkey, killing turkeys. Yeah. You can sit in one spot all day and kill a Turkey eventually. But if you're engaging one like that though, and you, and you, and he's just not closing, go quiet, check him with locator calls. Don't use hen calls when you reposition. Always keep that in mind. And, and if he doesn't gobble at the locator, I would still suggest not to use a hand call, especially if you're going around him, making a berth around him or going directly away from him or, you know what I mean? But hopefully he gobbles at your locators and that way you're not giving away. He doesn't, you're not giving the, the, the idea that the hen's just walking around him or whatever. Now, caveat, I love that word. If you walk away from him 
and you're hunting in tandem, you can have your buddy walk behind you and call a hundred yards behind you. And very often that we've seen that that's worked a million times over the years. Um, but if you're just by yourself, I would, I would discourage hen calling as you're repositioning. I mean, because all you're doing is giving the illusion that she's just walking away from him or, wa or walking around trying to get a different angle. I like, if I do anything, I reposition, set up, call, and we're getting in the weeds again here. And even sound like a different hen sometimes. I'll change my yelp on my mouth call. I'll go from a less raspy hen. I'll do a rollover yelp instead of a front end, whatever, and give the illusion that's a different hen coming from a different direction. And that can sometimes. So we we could get so far into detail with all these different variables and these scenarios about the repositioning. Never discount repositioning. If you if you if he leaves you and he's walking away from you, make a, a, a use your locators. God willing, they get he gobbles at your locators, make a wide berth around him and try to get in front of him. If he's on a power line, if he's walking down a road that you're familiar with, make a big berth around him, get up front of him and, and bushwhack him. I mean, we're turkey hunting. We're not I, I love to call turkeys, but we're trying to kill the animal at the end of the day, the bird. So yeah. if he's moving away, get in front of him, set, set up and try to identify his route if you can and then set up in front of him and then. Just let him walk right by and shoot him in the face. <laughs> I mean, there you go. it's right. a great tactic. Yeah. It works. That's yep, four turkeys, Scott. Four turkeys. We got we're, now. We're four for there's... four. This is going to be. We're going to have to be careful because we're going to the DNR is going to be called on us, dude. Yeah, that's this, that's you know it. How it goes. <laughs> so let's uh, let's let's dive a little deeper into that uh, bag of tricks that you got. So we've got. Okay. We've gone through. We got we got a turkey that we're not going to move. We're you know we 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 can't move. We got a bird that's just stubborn. He might be hung up with maybe you know you know maybe a line fence or he's just in a really good strutting zone. He's like, you need to come to me. And he's just this stubborn tom that's not moving. What else you got? Well, you said we already did get into that in the bag of tricks, or we want to go into fighting purrs. I mean, get advanced. No, I want to go. I want to go. I want to go deeper into the fighting. The, the the bag of tricks deeper than fighting purrs that's pretty deep that's a pretty no 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 no, oh, no what's what's yeah what's what's next what what else you got oh gosh i mean okay so we're just talking a hung up turkey um you can yep. what would be the next step if i did the things we talked about um what would i do next okay we're going to pretend he doesn't have hens because that could be one of the reasons he's hung up too yes oh, he yeah. could just be out there with feeding hens so that that's where that's that's a whole nother podcast talking to the hens how to call to the hens um we're just gonna pretend he's by himself and being stubborn at that point um we're gonna go into i'll probably take some jake helps at him honestly just throw some jake helps at him and 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 this is this is really advanced this is getting way out of 101 stuff here i, I mean so it's hard not to i think we covered it's, it the is basics. it is yeah well, i mean 101 honestly 101 is is what for me it's out hooting find them yeah and then most guys are going to clock and they're and they're going to yelp and that's yeah. and, and, and we and gave them like, the scenarios yeah off yep. the roost yeah 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 so, so anyways, i think this, yeah let's 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 get let's get dirty man let's get down in there i'm 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 here for it and i know people <laughs> listen to this are gonna be like oh yeah let's go let's go so i'm gonna i'm gonna before i get into fighting persian goblin at him or staging you know with the wings and staging a fight i'll just what i'm gonna do and i'll demonstrate it is i'm gonna do some real honking deep slow jake yelps and then i'll answer my jake with a hen and i think in my mind i'm creating the illusion that a some jakes have slipped in his back door and with this hen he's been he's been talking to for we'll call it 30 45 minutes an hour 
and he's like, wait a minute, why, why is it, why is it, why is the juvenile sliding in my back door on this woman I've been trying to court for an hour? So anyway, and a Jake Yelp for the people listening again, we're I'll try to get it back to 101 as we're going advanced. Jake Yelp is a is you know a Jake yelping like a hen, but it's going to be a deeper, more honking, um, uh, slower rhythm type call. And you'll hear the difference because I'll do them both on the same call, and you'll hear the honk, and then you'll hear me get higher pitched and choppier with the hen yelp. So I'll throw some Jake yelps out there, some deep, and some deep clucks with it. There's a hand answering. And there you go. You can clearly hear that choppy, slower rhythm, that honky sound almost, if you will. Honking yeah, the way that I and, the way that I describe it, it's like it's it's like a yelp, but it's it's elongated. Is the easiest elongated way to, and deeper and slower? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drag, more yeah, drag. just wah, wah, yeah. So that's and, and that's and, a great and so tactic. I, and I've had them break and come walk into like whoa, 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 come not necessarily running in, but have them break and walk right in after the, after just doing that. Not and again, people, none of this is gospel. Okay, let's just be clear here. All these tactics and all these what I call my bag of tricks, they're are, are just trying something when something else isn't working, and sometimes yeah. it works. Doesn't always work, but when it does, and you and you have enough tricks, and you can throw enough at them, many times one of those tricks, one of those tactics, those call sequences, moving, repositioning, strategies, something you can do that's different that you move on to in your bag of tricks, your playbook, if you will, will work. And and if you only sit there and you know how to yelp and that's it, and you can't, you don't know how to move, you don't know how to you know, reposition, you don't know how to do all these fighting purrs, all this stuff. You're handcuffing yourself. I mean, you can still get out there and enjoy yourself in the turkey woods. I'm not faulting anybody for whatever level of calling or hunting ability they have or don't have. I'm just saying the more you get better at it, the more you get versatile with your calls and your turkey knowledge, the more chance you have for success. It's just that simple. So, and it's and it's more – it's no, you're good. It's and it's more fun too. I mean, the more things <laughs> is a turkey hunter that you know how to how to do, you're gonna have more interactions with them. And it may not be, you know, it may not lead to pulling the trigger more often, but you're gonna have more interactions with them. And that's that's a lot of fun. And honestly, man, I think one of the, the one of the funnest turkey interactions, we won't we won't touch much on it, is when you start talking to the hens, because that that can be oh, a lot man. of fun. That's yeah, that's that the fun is hearing one gobble. Yeah, I love talking to the girls. It's oh, it's it's uh, and it's, they will it's, school it's you. They'll neat. teach you a lot. Yeah, they teach you so yeah. much if you just listen to them and how they react and how when you hear hens interacting with a gobbler and how they talk to him and when they cut at him and when they get in their little pecking order and they're getting pissy with each other and they start doing fight. The hens do fighting first because they're establishing pecking order and the gobbler's over there just showing out doing his thing and the girls are all fighting over him basically trying to figure yeah. out who's dominant, who's the boss, you know. But, um, so anyways, (laughs) we're, we're, we're always going off on tangents, man. I'm really bad about it because there's so much to talk about. It seems like, but, um, so we did the Jake Yelps. No, I appreciate it, man. Yeah. So uh, from, from there, I mean, um, if that doesn't work, it doesn't break him again, give him a couple doses of those Jake Yelps and can answering nothing happens. Then I'm probably going to stage a fight would be my next tactic. And I, I wish I had my wings. I don't have my wings in here um, to simulate the because I take the two wings and beat them together like the, you know I'm clapping but, but you you can it's like they're slapping each other with their wings. 
and then I'll do a fighting purr. And a fighting purr is a is a long, aggravated, contented purr, if you will. A contented purr is a, is a very that slow purrs that I was doing early in the show, very slow and and soft. And then the fighting purr is a, a drug out longer version of it. It's happening when hens or gobblers are fighting and they're they're excited, they're ag they're aggravated, if you will. And um, again, I use the wing beats to simulate the turkey noise, and then I use what I'm fixing to do for the fighting purrs on the mouth call um, to stage a fight. And it's like they hear the wings, they hear the fighting purrs, and they're like, what in the world's going on? What happens when two people get into a fist fight? What happens? Nine out of a lot ten of times. Yeah. A lot of, well, no, no, but if there's a lot of people around, what happens? Uh, they start filming it and putting it on Facebook. They start running to it. They start, <laughs> yeah, they start running to it. Oh, fight, 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 fight. Yeah. And I think that's what happens with turkeys. They're, you know, they're, they're such social creatures that it's the same, same type of scenario. But so I'll give some fine purse for you. And it, it, it'll, I'll do a little sequence like I would do my wings. Okay, and that's that's a shorter sequence. I'll I'll take a bigger breath and keep it, maybe drag it out longer, and then I'll start. And I'm the whole time I'm beating those wings together, like and it just it's 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 can be deadly. And I will say this to add to the fighting purr: if you're in a position to be able to use those wings, uh, and I'll give you if you go to my show Hunt Quest, people, there's one of the videos that say do fighting purrs really work? Go watch that video. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. If you're in a position where you can use those wings. And and actually, the bird can see where you're at, but you won't. But but you're covered now. And this is where it worked for me. I was filming, my, I was guiding and filming my hunter, and I was behind my camera with my camo netting around my tripod. I was able to do those fighting purrs with the sound, and I will get those wings just above the edge of that netting, and all they see is the feathers flipping and flopping and making the noise. A turkey will come out of his skin. It's it's almost it's it's almost unfair. It almost is unfair if you're in like an open terrain where they can see that movement and you cannot spook them by doing that movement. You, but you have to be concealed. you you have to be almost behind like a, a, um, a palmetto blind. If you're in Florida where you could get the wings above the palmettos a little bit, or if you were you know using camo netting, those little blinds that you can roll out in front of you, you have to be very careful. That's one of those things you gotta be careful with, but it's all, it's, it's almost unfair. It really is. But that's, that's the next thing I'm going to do. And, and just the just the audio of that still has broke many many birds for me over the years. Just hearing the wings and hearing those fighting purrs will still break turkeys and get them to come. So we've done Jake helping now. I don't have a tube call to gobble. I can halfway gobble in a mouth call, but I'm not going to do it. Um, I wish I'd have brought my tube call in here, Paul. But no worries. I'll just everybody knows what the gobble sounds like, even if the guys just start turkey hunting. So you if my, if my kids weren't asleep, I would I would gobble for us. But well, there you <laughs> they're go. they're there right you above go. they're right above the bed. That's one. Oh god, so. yeah, my cheap gold. Yeah, I should have brought it in here. I didn't think about it, but I didn't know that we'd be talking these these kind of tactics, honestly. But um, if that does not work, I will probably gobble at them. Um, that's and give him a couple, three or four gobbles, and then I'll answer my gobbles with my hand that he's been hearing. Again, making him give the giving the illusion that 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 gobbler slipped in his back door. And, you know, trying to steal his hen that he's been talking to. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. It's just another one of those tricks. Um, after that, I mean, those are some of the really nasty, dirty tricks. I mean, there's a lot more we go into. I don't run decoys. So there's a whole nother level of, of stuff that I'm not going to bring into the equation that people are doing with a, with a lot of success. And I'm just 
not going to cover those, but as far as vocalizations and, and then repositioning, as you said earlier, that I may do that after I give my vocalization, you know, tactics, give all, all of my advanced stuff that I can do, clucking and purring, soft stuff, going quiet, gobbler yelping or gobbler slash Jake yelping, fighting first. Um, and, and then at that point, I'm probably going to move on that bird, try to do something from a different angle, try to figure out why he's hung up and, 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 you know, open the playbook and try something different. Um, if that doesn't work at some point, um, I might leave that bird alone. I mean, if he's gobbling here on public land, there's a good chance somebody's right around the corner or is also on him unless you just have the, you're able to get away from people, which is hard to do, as you well know. Um, so your options are more limited on public land is if you're on private land and you've got opportunities to, you know, other birds. Yeah. Leave that bird, come back and, you know, after lunch and then try or that afternoon and see if that bird isn't right back in that area. I've done that many, many times. I've done it on public land as well. Come back. If I thought that that bird would not be molested while I left him. Yeah. I came back on public and private ground and, and caught him right in the gun range. It's like they, their whole mood changed that they felt like they got left. And then they're come back in that area looking for the hen they left behind. So I think we covered getting, a whole bunch of good stuff there. We, yeah. No, we, we did. That was, that was good. And so I think that the number one, the number one thing that the new turkey hunter really needs to focus in on calling is one practice before the season. Don't do it in your truck on the way, you know, to the right, first morning of opening morning. Yeah. yeah. Practice, whether it's a mouth call, a box call, a, 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 a pot call, tube call uh practice and and to the and this is the beauty of turkey hunting for me is all of the nuance that comes with it because you could do everything everything and if a turkey's not ready to die they're just not he ain't gonna die there's literally nothing as a turkey hunter that that we can do if the time isn't right at that and it's funny when i i took uh I've, i've been taking more new hunters into the woods with me and, you know, a, a couple of years ago, one asked me, so what are, what are we looking for out here? I'm like, well, we're looking for the turkey that's ready to die. That's what we're looking for. That's our whole mission is to find the one. We might find 10 turkeys, but if none of them are ready to die, that ain't the turkey we're looking for. Well, so, Right. And, and now that said, all of this stuff that we've gotten a lot more advanced than, than we originally intended to. But that's the stuff that will make him do something he might not necessarily oh, want yeah. to do. That's yeah. that's. Now, granted, if, he, if it is not his day, it ain't his day. It doesn't matter what you yeah. do, how good you call, it doesn't. But there, but all of these tricks that we've been talking do make a difference, and they will kill yeah. birds when when your basic stuff would have never gotten it done. Just don't, yeah, don't I, you know, don't. I think for for me, the 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 ones that I'm like, okay, this is this is the that Jake Yelp, that is one that man, you can just rip a tom out of that spot that he doesn't want to come out of real fast. And yeah. the fight and purr, I've done that. I've never killed a bird off of it. I've done it. I've gotten them to, you know, to, to move in a little closer. And and that's what you're looking for. It's just that, it's that extra little push, man. It's, you know, Cuz Strickland talks about turkey getting, wind that band, wind that band, wind that, and it snaps and they just lose their mind. You know, right, so that's kind of, right. that's one of the, that's, that's some of those. Good. That's the same thing I'm saying when you're, when you're getting him really excited and shutting him down. Or shutting yeah. him down and then bringing him up and getting me excited. It's it's almost like a roller coaster of emotions. And that's what Cuz is talking about, winding him up until he pops. Yeah, yeah, it's exact exact same thing. Yeah. So I don't want to. I want to blow people's minds here. And and this is I let's let's do like a real quick. Give me like a five minute masterclass on 
on advanced mouth calling tactics practices there's got to be something banging around in your head they're like yeah i want to talk about this but this isn't the, this is the spot i want what do you got something that's real good and when i say that i think with with calling especially mouth calling tube calling a caller you can add a little inflection to the mm-hmm. sounds you can add urgency if you will um right what are some of the what, what are some of the things maybe like a desperate turkey call is something that you're really you know it's not uh it's not desperation time for you but something that might just be different that people aren't you know that other hunters aren't well, necessarily using in the woods okay i mean one, one of the things to keep in mind about how we're talking about the you said inflection and this is easier done on a mouth call to me than any other call but but turkeys show their their mood change their by volume and rhythm and pitch volume rhythm and pitch i'm just shooting this right off the hip and as i'm saying i'm I'm thinking um they get loud when they get excited they get soft when they get content um when they're aggravated they get loud they get faster choppier louder a a contented purr versus a fighting purr cutting versus clucking and 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 that and the rhythm falls into play with you have fast cutting and then you have again just walking through the woods clucking um you have excited yelping fast higher pitched yelping she's showing excitement so she's yelping faster remember volume rhythm and pitch and she'll get louder and pingier when she's cutting super hard and she might get higher pitched yelping because she's yelping um with more inflection she's more excited or she's yelping contented and she's just not showing much emotion so those three things is things to think about volume cadence and pitch is the things to think about how you can put that inflection in in in, in a box call again it's harder to do pitch changes in a slate or a, a pot call in a box call a little harder to do that but you can do it with 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 rhythm and with volume at least yeah you can press hard on a box car harder on a slate but it doesn't always equate to more realism i mean it just it it'll you know the call will squeak out it doesn't sound correct mouth calls you put more tongue pressure you can you can in my opinion get a little more realism and you can put that inflection a little bit easier with just a little more tongue pressure so there's a really really advanced something that people probably never i don't know i've ever heard anybody talk about how are turkeys showing their emotions yeah through rhythm or cadence and pitch or volume cadence and pitch yep and outside so, of that, I mean, what's some, you said master class. Gosh, you put me on the spot on that one, brother. Pressure, <laughs> Practice, buddy. practice, listen to turkeys. Um, the app has real turkeys doing the sounds. It has me doing the sounds. Um, and then you can record yourself doing the sounds and then play it along with turkeys doing the sounds or me doing the sounds. You can, you can stream it or what would be the synchronize it with the sounds that of the actual wild birds doing the sounds. And you can listen to yourself as the birds are playing as well, actual turkeys or, or me, whatever. And you can go where, where do I stand with that, that, you know, a really good caller. I'm not being you know arrogant. I'm saying a good caller and, and then, and, and actually a wild bird. And, and ultimately you should compare yourself to the birds before me. I'm just saying you still have a baseline with me in there and the turkeys in there. You have two baselines. Um, yeah. And just um, be proficient on more than one kind of call. You never know when you go from a mouth call to a pot call can change. That's something we did not do, uh, and I have to go backwards now. Um, I'm, I'm tired. It's been a long day. My mind is 
numb from work today. I mean, yeah. honest with you. But yeah. that said, something I got to demonstrate. We're going backwards, but you're, we're doing the master class here. Is changing the sound of the hen itself can completely be a game changer. Yeah, we and, mentioned that. We did touch on that. Yeah, let's let's do let's do that uh, with the same call. With the same call, with a mouth call, harder to do on a box or a pot style call. Tube call, I can do it very well. But so there, there's three basic types of hen yelps, and I'm going to teach them to you guys in a crash course. Real, I, I'm going to demonstrate them. I'm, I'm not going to teach them. I'm just going to demonstrate them. It's too hard. We don't have enough time. We've been on this yeah. for an hour and 15 already. Um, you have a front end yelp, which is basically mostly front end and almost no rasp in the back. You hear hands at a real high pitch like that, and they almost have no back end. And I'll demonstrate that yelp. This is a front end yelp, almost no rasp. Real high pitch, real pretty, real clean, just a little hazy back end. That's the front end yelp, more front end than back end. Now we're going to do what I call a transition yelp, and this is the hen I use. This is my go-to hen. And it has a smaller front, but a bigger, nastier back end. And this is called a transition yelp. You'll hear, you'll hear me start it. You'll hear the little high, and then you'll hear just a little bit of high in the front of each note, and you'll hear it break into the back end. This is a transition yelp. This is one I've been doing on the podcast the whole time. Last but not least is the roller yelp. And this is where you hear a, a hitch in the middle of it. You hear the high. And you're going to hear a little click, a little hitch right in the middle of it. And this is going to be called a roller reel. And that's roller reel. And that's so what I'm saying is what we didn't talk about when that bird was hung up, when I completely just lost this slipped my mind was is say I'm doing the transition yelp I'm doing this and then I completely go higher pitch and take all the rasp out so I'm going to do the two different hands side by side in sequence so you can hear the differences Hopefully they can hear it recorded well and you can hear those two hens. But what I'm saying is to change it up, go away from that hen that did not work and you couldn't get him to commit with and go and change that voice. And that just that's a lot. I teach this in my DVDs, which we have not mentioned, that you can order at Scott Ellis Turkey Hunting, Scott Ellis Hunting.com. I don't know my own websites. Mouth Call Magic 1 and 2. Mouth Call Magic teaches all three of those hen yelps, and I do it on a bat wing, a split V, a combo cut, and a ghost cut. I teach all three hen yelps on the four major mouth call cuts, and um, and it gives you three three completely different hen turkeys. So um, Mouth Call Magic one and two, ScottEllisHunting.com. Check them out. Great DVDs. If you still have a DVD player or, or an Xbox, you can play it on the Xbox, whatever. Um, yeah. But um, that that versatility with a mouth call, and that's why I was bringing up the DVDs because not everybody can do that. And it takes a lot of practice to to master completely changing your mechanics to make a different hen sound. It's, it's, it's it takes a lot of practice. But what the average guy could do that doesn't take adva mouth calling advanced 
have a pot call, have a box call, have a mouth call. And what did I say about 10 minutes ago? Be proficient in all three of them. So yeah. if you can't change it up just with a mouth call, you can pull your box call out and run it. If that don't work, pull your pot call, run it. There's another 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 trick in your little bag of tricks. Another another trump card, if you will. Ace Man. Man, this is this is big good. Last thing, 60 seconds or less, Scott. Give me the number one advice that you give to a new turkey hunter. Be patient. I'm done. There you go. <laughs> no, that's be, the be that's the number that's the number one answer. I've asked six different people that for the show. That's the same answer. Everyone says patience kills turkey. Don't get in a hurry. Uh, no. don't get up too quick. Uh, don't patience can be applied to many different facets of the hunt. Um Sit on that You're the one that's longer. Sorry, I didn't mean Go to ahead. cut you off. The one thing that's overlooked with discipline, and you mentioned is discipline. You mentioned that in the in the earlier in the show. Discipline also kills turkeys. Right, right, right. Well, that, and that's where I was kind of going with the. I was kind of patience, discipline, meaning be patient when you're calling. Don't. Call, it it kind of falls into a lot of different categories. Be patient with the bird. Let him work. Let him do his thing without you completely overcalling him, harassing him, just beating, beating him to death with yelping and cutting and yelping and cutting. Be patient. Be patient um, before you get up and move and you change your setup. Sit longer. Um, sit all day. I've sat in spots for four or five hours in his blind call. Blind calling is a whole other podcast, man. I mean, I love, I have tons of theories on blind calling versus running and gunning. I kill turkeys both ways. I've killed a pile of them both ways. But as of late, the last decade, 15 years, I'm killing more turkeys setting up in places I know that hold turkeys and blind calling. And that's a whole, it's another 20 minutes for me, another 20-minute oh, yeah. dissertation that I don't really want to even, we'll, we'll save it for another podcast if you want. But um, yeah, yeah Scott, patience, we're, oh, sorry. Oh, no, it's all right. I was, and, and, and just know your equipment, man. Another great tactic or tip, know your equipment. Know your, the limitations of your shotgun, pattern your shotgun. Know what it'll do, how far you can shoot it, carry a rangefinder so that you know your limitations. I take a rangefinder just like I bow hunt deer and I shoot trees and I find my yard just knowing where my gun is and how effective it is, how far it's effective. Sorry, I just had to throw that in there. It's no, overlooked all the time. It is for sure. Scott, where can people find you on social media or uh, the internet? Absolutely. Hunt Quest with Scott Ellis is the uh, the Facebook fan page. Give us a like. I'm always putting up some good content. I'm going to be doing live, some live feeds here in the coming weeks. Um, I'm going to put some memes out there talking about the dates and times. And we're going to do Q&As. I do a lot of Q&As and uh, answer questions as I go and demonstrate calls and stuff. It's a lot of fun. Um, on Instagram is Scott um, underscore C underscore Ellis. Uh, or you can type in Hunt Quest. I think it comes up. Um, find my my hunting show, Hunt Quest, on YouTube. Just Type in Hunt Quest with Scott Ellis. It's on YouTube. Um, was in a weird position last year. Um, in between jobs, had some stuff going on. Um, didn't get to hunt as much. Didn't get to film as much. Um, got got six or eight episodes coming out for Hunt Quest. Not as many as I'd like to have. I'd like to have at least a dozen, 15 good good hunts. But um, just didn't, wasn't in the cars last year. But I do have some shows coming out here in the next couple of weeks. Um, and I think that's my, I mean, I'm not, I'm on TikTok <laughs> under Scott Ellis, go. I think on TikTok, but I don't, I don't engage the TikTok here. My son's like, dad, you got to do that TikTok thing. I'm telling you, you can get a lot more viewership on that. But, um, and scottellishunting.com, you can get Hunt Quest t-shirts and you can buy my DVDs there and, um, check out my signature models with Woodhaven, woodhavencustomcalls.com. Check out Apex Ammunition, which would be apexmunition.com. We all know mossyoak.com. I love my mossyoak camouflage and I love my thermosel. I don't go anywhere without my thermosel as I'm hunting 
in in the earlier spring in the colder climates, it's usually not an issue. But here in the southeast, they're they're like they're worth their weight in platinum. So I bought a thermocell a couple years ago. I, I don't know how I hunted without one. Honestly, man, I mean those things I, are amazing. I look back at my childhood and I don't know. I just don't know how we did it. I, I, yeah. I think we used DEET. I think it was DEET or a can of off every time you yeah. went to the woods because yep. it the mosquitoes. And I, mean, I grew up in Florida, dude. <laughs> I mean, you can only imagine how bad mosquitoes are here. So, yeah. Good deal. Well, Scott, thanks so much for your time, man. Uh, I'll see you in Nashville here in a couple of weeks at the NWTF convention. And hopefully we get to, to share the turkey woods together at some point here uh, in the future. So, Scott, thanks for your time, my friend. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I had a blast. We'll do it again. Take care. Sounds good. Yep.